Just an important caveat, this episode was recorded before Kim posted the Instagram slideshow of her and Pete. And as you'll hear in this episode, the trailer dropped mid us recording. So we had the initial freak out, but we didn't get a chance to really dive in kind of moment by moment. So what we decided is that for tomorrow's bonus show, instead of doing an old episode recap, we're going to devote the entire thing to a full trailer breakdown and a full slide by slide breakdown of Kim's Instagram. So just want to set expectations going in that that's not in this episode, but of course we will cover it at length for those of you that are interested in tomorrow's. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. What an absolutely bizarre collection of stories we have today. You couldn't have made these up. Yeah, we're going from Doja Cat to Army Hammer to Addison Ray's dad. I mean, we are really all over the place, ending up with Northwest at Paris Fashion Week. Every single one of those sounds like a plot of like a 30 Rock episode. Like they all sound so unbelievably fake. Specifically this Doja Cat one, it does feel a little bit like a fever dream. You think that a rumor going around that Army Hammer is selling timeshares in the Cayman Islands sounds less fake than Doja Cat and Noah Schnapp having beef? <laughs> the most believable is Addison Ray's dad. That tracks. I can't even consider that to be a crazy story. It's just crazy that it's like entered our orbit of talking about it. Okay, getting into the Doja Cat, Noah Schnapp thing, which I feel like most of you are probably aware of by now, but if not, I'm just going to give a very brief rundown so that we're all on the same page. Basically, three key players here, Doja Cat, Noah Schnapp, and Noah's Stranger Things co-star, Joseph Quinn. So this whole thing kind of started on Twitter because a few weeks back, Doja had tweeted, Joseph Quinn, fine as shit. She then responded to a tweet saying how hot he was and said, it's fucking criminal. This really escalated when somebody made a TikTok showing Doja's tweet and saying she's just like me, because obviously this girl and a lot of other women have crushes on Joseph. 
Noah Schnapp then made a TikTok duetting or stitching that video that showed messages on Instagram that Doja had sent him saying, Noah, can you tell Joseph to hit me up? Wait, no, does he have a girlfriend? Noah responds, LMAO slide into his DMs. And she said, I don't know his Instagram or Twitter. He doesn't have a DM to slide in. Noah then shares Joseph's profile and said, right here, ma'am. So this all happened. It's circulating. It goes kind of viral. And I think initially everybody thought it was pretty funny because we naturally assumed that Noah got Doja's permission to share those DMs. She then goes on live after he makes this TikTok and basically says, the fact that Noah did that is so unbelievably socially unaware and whack. That's like borderline snake shit. That's like weasel shit. Because she apparently did not give him permission to do it. And she was seeing it with the rest of the world that he was sharing her DMs asking for Joseph's information. So this whole thing kind of took on a life of its own. And then there really started to be a lot of conversation about it on Twitter, which, Julie, do you want to kind of give the two opposing sides that were the most prominently discussed on Twitter? Yes, I would love to. The first thing before we even get into the two sides of Twitter is it's so important to understand the Twitter discourse that took place in between Noah posting the TikTok and Doja responding, which was just everyone was having so much fun with this. Like everyone loved Doja being a little bit publicly thirsty. There had been things that, like you said, she had tweeted prior. So it's not like this kind of, quote, exposing of her came out of nowhere. It was things that she had put out herself. And everyone was like, oh my God, she's so real. She's so me. Like all of all of that same stuff because this thirst for Joseph Quinn had also become like a very public thing. Doja was not alone in this. But what happened was once she had made the video calling out Noah Schnapp, that's when this discourse kind of took a turn and people felt like there were really two sides to this. One, Noah shouldn't have, you know, released a private conversation between them without her permission. On the other hand, he is 17 years old and she slid into a 17-year-old's DM as a 26-year-old asking to be hooked up with somebody, asking to be set up. And people felt like that initial conversation right off the bat was inappropriate. So for her to then get mad at him for exposing, it was like, okay, well, you shouldn't have done that necessarily in the first place. And on top of that, the fact that she had tweeted out stuff in the past and spoken about this publicly made people kind of feel like he wasn't sharing anything that they didn't already know as the public. Right. And I guess I see both sides because on one hand, yeah, in retrospect, maybe it was a little bit bizarre that he's the person she's going to about this crush at the same time. I don't know if they had a pre-existing friendship. At the same time, though, I think it is very, very strange that he shared those screenshots without her permission. And I know the whole thing was kind of joking in nature and he was doing it for comedic effect. But to me, when you're a celebrity or even someone who's fame adjacent, there's just this unspoken understanding that you don't share private messages because you know what it's like to have your privacy be at risk constantly. So there's just this unspoken level of confidentiality. And so I totally get why she was so thrown off by that. I mean, I, from start to finish, the whole thing was strange. No, it was. And I do totally understand her being so thrown off by that. I understand her being upset. I think my view of the situation is a little bit influenced by the fact that I, I'm not a Stranger Things fan. Like I've literally watched maybe two episodes, but I happen to really like Noah Schnapp and I've followed his career kind of closely. And I think that my view of the situation is really influenced by the fact that I have seen the way he has approached being a celebrity, which is like really not being a celebrity at all. Like he is very much a kid still. Like he goes to summer camp. He graduated from high school. He was at his graduation. Like there's multiple videos online of him being on live and 
talking to Millie Bobby Brown on live and forgetting he's on live and being like, oh, my mom took my laptop away. Like he really comes across as such a kid and such a normal kid who happens to do this acting gig thing on the side, whether or not that's the reality of the situation. That's kind of how he's almost been presented to the public. So I think that people felt this real protection over him when this happened, not just because they're fans, but because they were like, he's a kid. Like, you know, he's like kind of looking at Doja Cat as a celebrity that slid into his DMs and like is talking to him as a kid rather than like two celebrities talking to each other, which is kind of an interesting angle to look at it. Again, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think that it was a huge invasion of privacy for him to share that. But if your view of the situation is just from the angle of Noah being a 17 year old kid, I can really understand that. Right. And I see that. If I'm her, though, I'm still absolutely floored that those messages were public, even though they weren't anything, quote, bad. It's just an invasion of privacy. And then, you know, I understand there's a counter argument to be made, which is like, well, she didn't have to go on live and blow up his spot like that. But at the same time, that's what she's been applauded and praised for. Her honesty, her rawness, the fact that she handles social media in a way that's far more candid than your average celebrity who's as famous as she is. So how can you applaud her for that and then be upset about it when it applies to a situation that she was personally upset by? I just think, yeah, I mean, whatever side you're on, I respect because I honestly think this this whole thing was bizarre. Although the privacy thing to me is still the kicker. I can't shake that necessarily. I think that whatever side you're on or whatever you think about the situation, at the very least, every single one of us can agree that this got completely out of hand. Beyond, beyond. Oh my God, you guys, you guys, you guys. In the middle of us fucking recording this, they just dropped the trailer for Kardashians next season, which is coming in September. Go to Kim's story immediately, if not sooner. You're going to lose your mind from the last frame. It's her in her hotel room during the Met saying to Pete, babe, do you want to come shower with me really quickly, Julie? And he scurries after her like it's the greatest. <laughs> oh my God, I'm actually, oh, I like feel like I can't breathe for a second. And we're coming back September 22nd. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, I have to watch a million more times her saying, babe, do you want to come shower with me? Yes, but forget about that for a second. Kylie and getting that entire journey and her saying to Kendall, I need to have my first night out. The Black China thing, the conversation between Chloe and Kim. Oh my God. Oh my God. That was... I can't even explain to you what that just did to me. I know you were listening I, to me and we did it together and we watched it together. And I genuinely am so sorry that we were paused for that one moment that it came out. It was not purposeful because I wish you got our in-time reactions. But holy shit, Ab. Holy shit. Holy shit. Well, even our in-time reaction. This is two minutes later. <laughs> it's still not the same. That initial hearing her say Dave, do you want to Wait, come I need to, really quick? I, I need to like put, I know you guys have heard it by now, but I need to just play that one frame. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, this is, this is some, this is some next level shit. Hold on. Yeah. Do you want to shower with me really quick? Shower oh! <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I will never get sick of that. Wait, you guys, that is what we have to look forward to. Those are the moments we've been talking about. That is There's like, a- by the way, that's like the Ripley's behind the scenes video uncut version. That's the explicit version of the Ripley's, you know? I'm, I I feel so genuinely thankful because usually when we get a trailer, it's like months and months and we don't know when it's coming. They did not fuck around this time. There was no like coming soon. That fucking came on. It gave us the greatest trailer I've ever seen and then dropped me with the September coming in September. Wow. 
And I guess we won't be off because we're off the week. I'm looking at the calendar right now. We're off the week of September 26th. So if it comes back, let's say Thursday, the 22nd, we'll have an episode that Thursday or that Friday. Oh my God. I literally feel like I can't breathe. That was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you for that. Wow. Thank you, Kris Jenner. Yeah, Chris, you are really, you are really on one. Also, by the way, the not saying that this is going to be the case because we're in July 11th right now, right? So we're about two and a half months out. And I do believe Kylie would probably want to announce the baby's name before, but there is a lot of speculation and theories about her announcing the baby's name on the show. I mean, I thought it was going to come in the season finale. I was shocked that it didn't. But yeah, I, I would hope that it does come that next season. The thing also that we got confirmation of here is like the type of capacity that Pete is going to be in the show. And like, we knew it was going to be Met Gala related. That seems like that's where this is. But I wouldn't have been surprised if it was just like him coming in and dropping in for a moment or him off camera behind the scenes and you could just hear his voice and it was just the red carpet, maybe them in the car. This is like a real capacity to get him in. Like, this is really like him on camera mic'd up. This is this is a really big deal. And also, you the dress that she's in in that one clip is the other Marilyn dress that she just took the photos in. You know, it's obviously not the one that she wore to the actual Met. So that that's almost just like priming us. We didn't even see in that clip when she's actually standing with him. I mean, think about it like this, Julie. You remember she arrived to the carpet in a robe and slippers and there was a tent at the bottom, right? That she changed into. And then when she got up, same thing, she changed back. There very well could have been a Kardashian's Hulu camera in the tent with her and Pete and the dress managers from Ripley's. I fucking hope there was a Hulu camera in the shower. Oh, well, don't get me started on that one. Wow. That just did something to me, especially because of the morning that we just had. That really reinvigorated me. I needed that. I needed that. And I can't believe we're going from that to Monty Lopez. Buckle up, you guys. <laughs> you know what? I hate to say it. It pains me to say it. But Monty Lopez would be so happy to know that we were going straight from the height of a Kardashian trailer being dropped right into his potential cheating scandal. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like, I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. 
It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, let's get into this Monty Lopez situation. Are you ready? Of course I'm ready. (laughs) So for anybody unfamiliar, Monty Lopez is the father of TikTok star turned mainstream celebrity Addison Rae. And something that I think is important to note is that when Addison first rose to fame, she was back in Louisiana doing these dancing videos herself, but also with her parents. So from the beginning, her mom, Sherry, and her dad, Monty, have always kind of been in the picture. Then as she got more and more famous and she moved out to LA, they moved out with her and they started to become kind of celebrities in their own right, using the term celebrity loosely, but you know, very well known. So it's not as though this came out and then people were just finding out who he was. He has been in the public eye for a while now because since the inception of her TikTok fame, he's been featured. Anyway, so the family is Addison, her parents, Sherry and Monty, and then Addison has two younger siblings, Enzo and Lucas. There's some ambiguity around Sherry and Monty's relationship, whether they're separated, they're actively together, technically married. We'll get into that in a moment, but I want to tell you kind of what's been circulating recently. So in the last two weeks, I would say, there's been some TikTok and Twitter conversation about Monty just being a little bit creepy with younger women, not younger, meaning minors, but you know, 19, 20, young 20s. For reference, he is 46 years old. So when shit really hits the fan is when this 25-year-old woman, Renee Ash, comes out basically saying that she has been having a relationship with Monty for a little while now, and she feels totally misled by this entire thing. She releases a statement to page six that says, unfortunately, he misled me on his marriage. He lied to me. He told me that we were going to be together and have babies together. He even introduced me to his mom, his youngest brother, and I thought we had something real. He told me a story of his marriage that convinced me that they were apart and in the process of getting a divorce. She had also posted a bunch of screenshots that were very bizarre conversations between him and her where he basically was saying, you know, we're going to make you a celebrity. You just have to stay quiet for a little bit longer. We're in this together. You're my queen. Like a a lot of kind of weird shit. You can go deep on a rabbit hole on Twitter if you're interested and we could try to find some links to put in the description. But after this comes out, of course, we were looking to some sort of a cue, even subtly from Addison or her mom to see what the deal was. And Sherry did change her Instagram bio to say single mom. Also important to note, there's been a lot of confusion about Sherry and Monty's relationship. And the best information we could find is that Addison has this podcast on Spotify with Sherry called Mama Knows Best. And on one of the episodes, she spoke about how throughout her entire upbringing, her parents were really on and off. They got divorced when she was a lot younger. And then in 2017, they got remarried. So in the last five years, I don't know if they've been separated recently, but we did know that as of 2017, they were married. So there's just a lot of moving parts to this whole story. Oh my God, there's so much going on here. Just backtracking for a second. 
Dealing with parents who are also seeking fame is a very interesting dynamic. And I think that when we were growing up and we knew different celebrities and we knew their parents, you know, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. When we were growing up, there were a lot of stars and a lot of younger stars who parents were either maybe seeking fame or seeking a better life and using their child as the meal ticket to get there. What's interesting, what you have here and what you have starting to happen with a lot of these kids is not only their parents may be seeking some element of benefiting from their child's fame, but also seeking fame via social media themselves. And Addison's parents were kind of the first real example of that, I feel like, of people who saw their kid getting fame, were involved in their kid's fame, and then tried to get their own personal fame. And Monty was somebody who was known for that. And there's a lot of talk around LA about, you know, Monty being out at clubs and Monty being, you know, really on the scene and maybe stepping into places that he shouldn't as as a parent. And so what you're seeing here with this cheating scandal is kind of the culmination of all of that. Right. And just to illustrate your point about individual fame for a second, Sherry has about 14 million followers on TikTok. Monty has about 5.4 million on TikTok, which is low comparatively speaking to Addison's 88 million, but still very, very high. And clearly there's been a desire for fame and success. And I think something also important to note is that in no part of any of this has Monty tried to shy away from the title of being Addison's dad. It's really been something that he's leaned into, something that he's embraced, which there's nothing wrong with. I mean, look at the D'Amelios. Heidi and Mark are known for being Charlie and Dixie's parents. And that's a title that they're proud of and also something that they embrace in their own individual social media presences. But I think if that's going to be your MO and you're going to be known as Addison's dad, then you have a real responsibility to behave in a way that she would be proud of and that reflects her in a positive light. And not to say that the public can't separate Addison and her dad. Of course they can. Nobody's saying that what he's doing here is a reflection on her. However, every single headline that you've seen about this reads something similar to Addison Ray's father, comma, Monty Lopez, and then insert cheating scandal, young women, whatever the thing you want to be. And so I just think if I'm Addison, I'm really, really pissed. Like I keep thinking about this from her perspective. You know, here she is. She starts this career. She goes absolutely viral. She really works hard to make a lot of money and make a very legitimate career for herself. She moves her entire family out to LA. She's pretty much supporting her parents, not to say they haven't all done it together, but she's spoken about her upbringing. It was a very humble upbringing. They were living in Louisiana, at one point living in a camper with one bunk bed. You know, The life that she has created for them is far beyond what they had initially ever dreamed of. And I just think it is really upsetting, and I'm sure for her very disappointing that her dad is now making this entire spectacle of something that should have never been a factor in the first place. It's 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 gross, kind of. It is gross. And even to take that one step further, like when you come out to LA in the capacity that they have, of course, like you said, Monty came out and came on the scene as Addison's dad. And therefore, there was a certain level of responsibility involved in that, not only to Addison, but to all of the people that Addison then surrounded herself with, which were a lot of young girls in the Hollywood scene. And I'm not saying that Monty technically or legally did anything wrong, but if you're a young girl hanging around Addison and hanging around her dad, you want to be able to take a certain level of comfort that like you have a parental figure in your corner, especially if you're a parent and your kid is in LA hanging out with Addison and her family. You want to take a certain level of comfort in the fact that like maybe you're not in LA, maybe you're not able to be with your kid all the time, but at least there's a parent looking out for her. And again, 
Not that he did anything legally wrong or that he was forcing himself on anybody from what it looks like. We don't know those details, but from what it looks like, it was all very like consensual and just a little bit creepy and maybe bad vibes. But you lose a little bit of trust and you get then uncomfortable by a situation that you're put in. And as a parent, especially when you're marketing yourself as the parent in that role, you have a responsibility to make sure that everybody who's around you and everybody who's around your daughter feels safe. Right. And like you said, as of now, there's nothing technically illegal going on. There's no criminal charges. It's just in poor taste and a little bit creepy is kind of the way I would describe this whole thing. But more generally, I think what this highlights is the concept of invincibility that he clearly was feeling. And that I think a lot of people that get fame so quickly often feel where it's this real inflated sense of self-importance. And you saw that even in the messages with her where he's saying, you know, this is what I can do for you. And just, you just wait, we're going to be kings and queens and live on top of the world. And it's like, let's take a step back because just how quickly you got this fame is just how quickly it can be taken away from you. And I think just how brazen and uh, messy he was is not to be ignored in all of this. Well, that's also the thing is exactly what you're saying about, you know, there's this inflated sense of self-importance once fame comes into the picture. The other thing to understand, and this is a much deeper conversation that goes far beyond just Addison's dad, but there has to be something in you in the first place in order to get to that point. So for example, like I could move to LA and start posting my dad on every single social media on the planet tomorrow. The most he's going to do is tell you some World War II fact at a party. The most your dad would ever do is maybe get like his own med men code. Like, you know what I mean? It's like there has to be something in you in order to allow it to get to that point. And clearly there was something in Monty where fame was so appealing to him, not just on the level of being able to move to L.A. and have this other life, but really to be able to do this for himself for a lot of really selfish reasons. No, absolutely. That's the entire thing about it. And obviously he really enjoyed the perks that came with it. I just think if I'm Addison, I am so pissed. Julie, I am so pissed if I'm her. Because the other thing is that you have to remember from Addison's perspective, she's kind of been fighting to be taken seriously by the mainstream. She's had a lot of success. She's clearly had a lot of fame, but still she is known as a TikTok star. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think she's actively fighting against that image or to be taken more seriously. And then he comes in and now her name is being dragged through the mud in this entire discussion that I'm sure she wants no part of. It's just... It's just gross. I completely agree. I have to switch conversation for one second because we are currently recording at 1.01 p.m., which means that it was just announced that Leah Michelle is going to take over for Beanie Feldstein in Funny Girl. And every single topic that we've spoken about today is a topic that has its own life and then has another life on Twitter. And this story specifically about Leah Michelle and Beanie Feldstein and the whole Funny Girl saga has taken off on Twitter in just the most incredible, entertaining way. Yeah. I mean, so for anybody that's unaware, Beanie was initially announced to leave the show on September 25th. It, it opened in April. And last night on Instagram, she posted basically saying, playing Fanny Bryce on Broadway has been a lifelong dream of mine and doing so for the last few months has been a great joy and true honor. Once the production decided to take the show in a different direction, I made the extremely difficult decision to step away sooner than anticipated. So right after she posts that, Funny Girl announced that they're going to be having a casting announcement today at 1 p.m., which of course everyone anticipated being Liam Michelle. And uh, here we have it. Two live things happened while we were recording. This was one of the most incredibly layered things that has happened on social media, which people have been following before Beanie was even cast in this role in Funny Girl. And 
It's so funny because this is not a story that I would normally pay attention to, but I think that because of the life that it has on Twitter, I'm so overly invested in it. And if you looked on Twitter today, it was so many people saying like setting my alarm for 1 p.m., like all of these Leah Michelle jokes that have been going on for so long. I mean, by the way, before we started recording, I had to explain to Emma the conspiracy theory that Leah Michelle can't read because she had never heard it. I had never heard that. I swear to God, I had never once heard that, which feels really shocking. Isabel couldn't believe it when I texted her, by the way. So there's also all of these tweets that's like, wow, Leah Michelle would be so excited if she could even read this announcement. Like, it is just an incredibly layered, fun day on Twitter. And I think those are the stories that I care about the most. I also decided, Em, which I think you'll agree with. The other day I was thinking about this, and I think my absolute most toxic trait is taking an incredibly layered joke from Twitter and specific Twitter humor, presenting it as fact to people that don't pay attention to Twitter in that way, and then getting incredibly annoyed when they don't respond well to the fact that I just presented that as absolute fact. (laughs) I don't know if I'm prepared to say it's your most toxic trait, but I understand how you came to that conclusion. (laughs) The reason that I came to it is because I was with my family and we were talking about something. It may have even been Austin Butler and it would have been like, it may have been my mom saying that she liked him better brunette and she wasn't like, I I don't even remember what it was, but I was saying, I was like, well, yeah, of course you weren't into him. He was blonde. Like adult men should never be blonde. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you know, like adult men shouldn't be blonde. Like you're an adult, grow up. And she's like, why? And my entire family was so confused. They were like, what do you want them to do about that? And instead of backing off and being like, you guys don't get it, you're not on Twitter. I was like, I don't want them to do anything about it. I just don't think that adult blonde men should exist. And they could not understand this joke. And of course they couldn't. It's like layered Twitter humor. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even, I didn't even need to be in that room for that conversation to know exactly how it went down. (laughs) Like exactly. I'm I'm envisioning it perfectly. (laughs) And it's the exact same thing as me saying to you before we started this being like, well, it doesn't even matter. Leah Michelle can't read anyway. And you're like, what? And instead of like going, I took like 10 minutes before I explained the conspiracy theory. I was like, when in reality, five minutes before this fight, I could have just said, you know, it's really a conspiracy theory that's taken off on Twitter. I can't believe you haven't seen this. No, it's true. You do present it as fact, but I don't mind that because I would say 99% of the time I would do the same because I understand where you're coming from. I only, I guess I only view it to be toxic when I'm on the receiving end of the thing being presented as fact. You know what I mean? And when you put it like that, I'm not wrong. Cause like, that's on you then. Like if you don't know that it's, if you're on the other end that you don't understand it, then like, how am I supposed to help you? You know? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not blaming you. I never want to blame you. You, You brought this up. You brought this discussion on yourself. Also, second toxic trait, moments of self-awareness and then like defending the fact that I wasn't wrong in the first place, even though I was (laughs) one that thought I was wrong. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their bestseller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blank and I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality. And their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. 
And there's a 30-night worry-free guarantee, so you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, not as they really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, getting into this Army Hammer situation, which we'll cover briefly, but is really quite bizarre, kind of on theme with the rest of the things we're discussing today. So this whole thing began because in the last few weeks, there were rumors circulating on Twitter that Army Hammer was working as a personal concierge at a resort in the Cayman Islands. Keep in mind, he has been in the Cayman Islands since the beginning of the pandemic. So this whole thing really started because someone tweeted out a photo of a flyer that had him on it saying, my parents went to the Cayman Islands and Army Hammer was their concierge. His lawyer came out telling Variety that this whole thing could not be farther from the truth. And the real story is that he's just close friends with a lot of the employees that work there. They put his face on these brochures kind of as a prank. They never expected it to go viral in this way, which even that in and of itself is just such a confusing explanation. Anyway, this whole thing really intensifies this week with a photo from TMZ that I'm sure you guys saw of him serving as what appeared to be a concierge selling timeshares to guests in the Cayman Islands. So this was a photo of him and he was apparently going over pricing with guests. <laughs> That's all I have for you. Like, I, There's no follow-up to this. I don't know what the deal is. To me, it would make a lot of sense that you know, disgraced actor Army Hammer escapes to the Cayman Islands and now is making a living serving as a concierge slash timeshare salesman to the Cayman Islands, which is a place that he's come to know very well. The reason it's a little bit hard to believe is that separate and apart from any wealth he accumulated while being an actor, his great-grandfather was an oil tycoon. His estimated net worth was around $800 million when he died. So it seems like he's doing pretty well for himself, whether or not he ever works another day. But <laughs> that's all she wrote on that one. By the way, your ending point is the reason that this whole story is so crazy because you're right. Like if it was a situation where it was like a disgraced actor, he needed the money, he's been in the Cayman Islands, he got this job, like it's a bizarre story. But of course we can understand that to some extent maybe, like just the need to work. From what I understand about the Hammer family, Army Hammer does not need to work a day in his life. And so my confusion is like, A, is this a joke and an elaborate practical like thing that was taken too far or is army hammer really working as a timeshare salesperson in the cayman islands and then on top of that it's like 
is he doing it just for fun? Like, does he need the money? Was he cut off from his family? Or like, is this a hobby he's taken up? That's what I'm saying. I have a lot of questions and close to no answers. And also, I'm not really that curious because he's just so repulsive to me in nature. I mean, you guys know at the height of all the allegations against him, we covered that very, very closely. And we really spoke at length about all of that. So I have no interest in him as a person. This just felt like an interesting career path for him to go down and one that I wasn't necessarily expecting. A bizarre story. That's all I'll yeah. say. I don't even know what else to to make of this, but a fucking st- a curveball that I certainly did not see coming. Yeah, certainly did not see coming. I mean, talk about POV. POV, you are in the Cayman Islands. You go into the office to see about getting a timeshare and the person selling it to you is Army Hammer. No, I know. But the thing you have to remember is like his lawyer comes out to Variety, right? And says that this whole thing cannot be further from the truth. Variety then speaks to an employee at the resort. So the statement is coming directly from an employee that's like, no, 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 here's the thing. This is just a prank. We're all really close friends with him. We hang out with him on the golf course. We made these flyers as a joke. He thought it was hilarious. There were only a few of them made. Like we never thought this would go viral. Like this is all coming from the perspective of a employee at the resort who I guess, according to their recounting of it, has become such close friends with Army Hammer that even he thought it would be so funny that he'd be included on the flyer. You know what I mean? Like it just has so many layers to it. Let me take you one further than that. Let's say Army Hammer is in fact selling timeshares. I am so beyond obsessed with his lawyer coming out and saying it could not be farther from the truth that Army Hammer is a personal concierge. And then the truth is that he sells timeshares at the same hotel. Right, right, right. Like you really got us on a technical there. Oh my God. Listen, I I don't know what to tell you guys, but that is the update in case anyone saw that photo on TMZ and were as confused as we are. Not that we added any clarification, but I guess that's the backstory. We probably made everybody more confused. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, we just had an internal regroup during that ad break, and here's what we decided. Obviously, we had our initial freak out to the trailer because it dropped as we were recording, but we really want to do a full breakdown of that, and we want to devote the time necessary in order to do so. So we're recording the Kardashian bonus show tonight. It's going to be released tomorrow, and I can't tell you what the rest of that will be. I don't know if we're going to do an old episode, other Kardashian stories. We haven't decided yet, but what I can tell you for sure is that there will be minimally 15 minutes devoted to the trailer. Like Every little thing that we picked up on theories, hypothesis, like 
just the whole nine. And that feels like something to be done in the bonus show because I know only a percentage of you that are here right now care for that. And we want to really, really give it the attention and the respect that it deserves. I, for one, cannot wait to do that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's like our ideal thing, by the way, like just an uninterrupted 15-minute breakdown of what, a 30-second trailer or one-minute trailer. And by the way, buckle up because I could see that being way longer than 15 minutes. If we ended up doing an entire episode that was just that breakdown, I would not be surprised in the slightest. Well, I already have so many things that I want to talk about. Like, what is the medical situation Chris is discussing? What are we going to see about Chloe? Also, we can then have the conversation about the flower tag on Chloe's Insta story that people were up in arms over with the Tristan. Like, there's just a lot. There's a lot. We're going to get into it in this next episode, and I cannot wait. Okay, that will 100% be released tomorrow. I promise you that. So buckle up for that. Right now, we just wanted to briefly touch on Kim and North at Paris Fashion Week because obviously this whole thing was really memefied, specifically the video of North where she wrote stop on a piece of paper and held it up to everyone taking photos of her at the John Paul Gaudier show. But I think the thing that I can't get over is just looking at this whole situation from Kim's perspective and how cool this must be. Like, Not only is she there with her mom, she's also there with North. Her daughter is finally at an age where she can go as her guest, but also she really can express herself in the way that she wants to. Like, This was just as much North's moment as it was Kim's moment, if not more North's moment. And I think for Kim, that just must be such a wonderful feeling as a parent. I was going to say, this was even more North's moment. Kim may have walked in Balenciaga, but you watched an icon be born during Paris Fashion Week. And I know that sounds dramatic, but that's genuinely how I feel. And what's so cool about that is I feel like North has been almost this like larger than life idea of a person. I know that sounds so weird, but just go with me here. Since the day she was born, like she was the first child of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. She was given the name Northwest, which by the way, just a little tangent from that. Kim sat between North and Anna Wintour at the show. And I can only imagine there was a conversation where Kim said to North, you know, this is the reason you're named Northwest. Anna gave us her blessing that she thought it was a cool name. And after that, we we made the decision to name you that. But I digress from that. This idea of North has been so present since the day she was born, this almost larger than life idea of who she was. And there was almost something where she was walking around in Paris with Kim representing that exact ideology we've had of her since she was born, which is just such a crazy thing to say, but it's true. I mean, you looked at her and you're like, that's the Northwest we always knew she would become. Right. And in a very strange way, obviously she's a literal child. It's almost like she, quote, lived up to the hype of who this Northwest character was going to be. And here she comes on in the scene and she's just so confident in herself clearly and and has such ease in expressing her personality and her style. And I think that what's really interesting about it is that from what we know of North, and obviously none of us know her personally, but just you know, the way Kim's always described her. And then as we're starting to see more and more of her, kind of what she puts out to the world, she really feels a lot more like Kanye's daughter than Kim's in terms of her personality style, because that willingness to speak so freely is something that Kim took a lot of years to become comfortable with. And she credits Kanye a lot to allowing her far more freedom in terms of not needing to people please. And one thing about North is that the last thing she's going to do is people please. I mean, she really has a commitment to speaking her mind and saying what's on her mind. And obviously that's one of Kim's favorite qualities about her and something she really embraces and wants North to only lean into more. But it's just so funny because to me in so many ways, it's like, 
North is clearly a combination of Kanye and Kim, but so many of the personality traits she's exhibiting at such a young age are parts of Kim's personality that she only got in recent years and is something she's so proud of finally getting to that point of. It's such a good point. I mean, listen, that's the thing. Like, North has always felt like um, a made-up TV character almost. Like, her name, her legacy, all of it. It, it sounded like, I, I again, going back to a Sweet Life of Zach and Cody reference, like, it almost felt like the real-life London Tipton, which was the TV version of Paris Hilton. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it feels like these... Um, I don't even know how to word this, like the continual generation of celebrity icons growing into their own. And I sent a picture in our group chat of Paris Hilton when she was little. And I was like, North in Paris is like the Paris Hilton version of this photo. And it's like, you see these full circle moments keep happening and keep happening. And I don't know. I just, I couldn't believe I was seeing North who like has always been a person in my mind. And I've never once wavered from that actually become that version of herself. And she only will continue to like, this was the birth of what you will see North go on to do really, truly incredible big things. No, I know. And I think that what we're all picking up on is the fact that on some level, I think we feel like this Paris Fashion Week outing really signaled the beginning of that. You know, we're going to now start to see, I have to imagine, North's creative expression probably more freely and and maybe even more tangibly. Who knows? I mean, he, here you have a kid that clearly is so bright, has so much creativity inside of them, and then also is paired with all of the resources in the world to be able to make that happen. The, the world is her oyster. And I really do believe that, you know, she's going to set the world on fire. And it's just really fun to be able to witness. I think so too. This is like a wild episode. And so, so if you guys sense that we were all over the place, there was just like a lot happening this morning. Um, but that was fun. I'm really excited for this trailer breakdown that we're going to record tonight. Is there anything else you want to mention? No, I, I think that's it. I can't even imagine if next week the stories are weirder than this week. Like this may have been, everyone take this episode in because this may have been the absolute weirdest stack of stories consistently that we will ever cover on an episode. No, there is absolutely not going to be something weirder than a Noah Schnapp Doja Cat showdown, Army Hammer as a Cayman Islands salesman, and Monty Lopez hitting on 19-year-olds. Oh, the last one maybe I could see as a repeat, but this, this, yeah, <laughs> quite the trio we got. There's only one story that I could outdo this, and we all know what it is, which is to bring it back. It because I can't go one single minute without mentioning Austin Butler. The only thing that would be crazier than this story is if Austin Butler started dating Priscilla Presley. So let's all put that into the universe and hope for one more really, really crazy episode next week. Yeah. And there you have it, folks. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow for a trailer breakdown. 